You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. Now, turkey season has wrapped up in both Wisconsin and down here in Missouri, but there may be some seasons still going on. And on this episode, I'm joined by my cousin, who is just an animal when it comes to turkey hunting. We're going to talk all about his success, some tips and tricks, strategy, stories from this year and years past. And I can't wait. Let's jump in. Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. Now, this is a bittersweet show for me because I'm talking to my cousin Sam, who turns out to be just a turkey killing machine. Like he's getting people on turkeys left and right. I'm over here talking crap on turkeys, saying how it's so easy here in Missouri. And then turns out I strike out this year. So we're going to dive into all of that. His success, my failure, and we're just going to have a turkey season recap episode. Are you guys completely done there with turkey hunting? Yeah. Uh, fortunately and unfortunately, yes. It'll be yeah. done. You're probably like, hey, I get a lot more sleep now. But <laughs> now those birds, yeah. I just got to watch them for the next 10 months, 11 months, whatever it is. Yeah. I, uh, it's, it's that bittersweet moment where it's like, I mean, you're, you, it sucks that it's over, but at the same time, it's like, there's so much weight lifted up your shoulders and it's just finally like, you can just stop and take a breath and just enjoy it. Yeah. A lot of the times it's just go, 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 you know? And I mean, man, there's times where I've got eight guys in one week it's it's tough (laughs) dude having the success that you've had this year and in the past several years you're you're connecting with more birds and getting more people on birds than some people do in their whole life i mean your numbers are insane when you were sharing your numbers with me uh at my brother's wedding i was just blown away by how many birds you're getting on and it's like every day i mean Yep. It's almost every day that you get a bird, some days two birds, either you yep. or you and somebody else. Yeah, I would um so in the last four years, um, so actually it would technically be the last five. No, no, I I, I lied. So in the last four years we've killed hundred and three birds. Holy cow. Yeah, it's uh it's been a grind. So you guys have been seeing more birds than ever this year. Absolutely. There has been, I can, I can say confidently there's probably um, twice as more birds this year as there was last year. Jeez. What, so I don't what's know. What's the reason exactly for that? Why? I mean, no, you, I have no idea. Are you we haven't really been having raccoons in the off season or what? No, actually we haven't. Um, in fact, this year I've seen more coons and coyotes than I ever have during turkey season. Hmm. Um, so I mean, I don't really have any explanation for it. The only thing that I can really come up up or come up with is the last few years is we've been having super super mild winters. We just we haven't been getting those extreme cold fronts and all that snow. I mean, it's just been super mild. So maybe it's just easier living conditions for them and. You know, they're not able to go through a harsh winter. Hmm. Now, I don't want to give away your exact location. I mean, people who follow you, they kind of know where you're at. But you're in eastern Wisconsin. Northeast like, Wisconsin. Yep. Yeah. So close to Lake Michigan. Yep. The 
turkey hunting there. I mean, nobody, I've never heard anybody be like, oh, dude, Northeast Wisconsin, man, like there are birds there. There's big birds there. There's crazy numbers there. You know, like it's not a destination that you hear a lot of people talk about, whereas you have like Pike County and Buffalo County that are known for big whitetails, both, you know, Illinois, a dozen counties in Iowa. But as far as turkey hunting goes, you just don't hear people talk about these destination spots quite as much. Yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty exclusive and off the grid, um, which is nice. I mean, you don't have, I, I don't have a problem with sharing. What I have a problem with is sharing with the wrong people. Yeah. Because those wrong, the wrong people are the ones that are going to screw it up for everybody. And they don't care because they're not from around here and they don't have to really face the consequences. Um, so it is nice being able to kind of stay off the grid um, and not really give specifically that location away. But we're also talking, I mean, I run properties between three counties. So it's not like it's like, hey, you go north of this town, you know, 15 minutes and then you're in the mix of it. You know, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a big area that we run. And so, in fact, uh, towards the end of the season, I ended up taking a little bit of a trip, um, went and did some some clay shooting. And my gosh, man, the town that I had to drive through to get there, it was like, I mean, almost every field I drove past had at least half a dozen birds in it. It was Jeez. just they were everywhere. So next year I'll be I'll be closing some more uh, some more land down over in that area. So how many acres do you currently have? Because every time I talk to you, you're like, dude, talk to another landowner, got access to property. Talk to another landowner, got access to property. In some cases, you know, like somebody started hunting that property and they're like, hey, you know, we've got family now hunting it or a neighbor's hunting it. So you can't. But you're you're putting in the work. I mean, you're knocking on doors. You're having these conversations, making these connections and getting yep. access to property for turkey hunting and waterfowl hunting and that's a big part of your success i would imagine oh absolutely well the thing is man just like anything else in life it takes work i mean yeah i mean the the chances of you going out and being able to be successful is i mean it's up there it can be up there it's just really that you're basing it off of luck but when you go out there and you put the work in, you do your homework, you do your scouting, and it's going to cost a lot of money. I mean, dude, I put, I mean, in one in a month and a half, I put almost 20,000 miles on my truck. I mean, Jeez. it's just insane numbers, you know, and it's getting down to the point now where I'm like, you know what, I'm I'm going to buy a separate vehicle just to scout because I put <laughs> You're so have money on this that you like paint a big turkey fan on the back of <laughs> yeah. just to go out and put miles on turkeys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, it's 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 insane. I mean, uh, this last year is a little different. I didn't uh, I didn't charge this last year. I'm going through a bunch of transitions in life, um, and so I just didn't really want to have to deal with the clientele and the stress of of making sure that these guys have an opportunity to shoot a bird. So it was just a lot of friends and family that I took out, and uh, we still made it count. So I mean, it is it is tough because I still do just amount you know just about the same amount of work scouting and in my homework just for friends and family but um i mean again if you want if you want to be successful you gotta put the work in so taking friends and family out i mean that's amazing i love hunting with people people that i know like people that i've never met before just getting out in the woods finding out about them enjoying that time outside um with that i mean I would imagine coordinating hunts has to be a big part, like scheduling. Hey, when are we going out? Maybe not because of how successful you are. It's like, all right, you get Monday, you get Tuesday, you get Wednesday and you get people a bird. It seems like almost every day, but like trying to figure that out when they draw their tags for, cause you guys have what five seasons up there. We've got six total, six total. Dang, man. Yeah. That's crazy. So you only get, you only get a week. Yeah, a lot of states you get like a month or a month and a half or yeah, you only get you only get one week. I mean, you can buy more tags um for different weeks, but yeah, you I mean you only get a tag uh a tag per week really. Dang. So how many people did he take out this year? Uh this year was 19. And how many birds did he end with? 17. Jeez, dude. It should be I should be at 100% this year. 
It's actually and, last year as well. Yeah, you've you've had multiple years in a row now where you got people on a bird on every single hunt. But when you have that many people, I mean, a dozen and a half people that you're taking out, somebody's going to miss. Somebody's, somebody's going to whiff, mess something up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, and it, it does get frustrating because it's like, you know, this year uh, I took a kid out from Colorado and uh, wasn't even planning on taking him, did, had no idea who he was. It was just a, a good buddy of mine was like, hey, man, you know, we've been on these birds for three days. We we just, they're giving us the book. They're giving us the runaround. Uh, we need help. And so I, I got him on some birds right away in the morning, but they got henned up. So he moved on to the next spot uh, for like late, late morning. And I mean, this bird did a textbook. I've been really waiting on holding off on this bird. Um, just because I knew, I mean, this guy's been in the same field every single day. Um, and he had the same two hens with him. So it was like, I knew if I snuck into his home, sat up in his living room, I knew he was going to come walking right in. And that's exactly what he did. I mean, it was textbook. He came in at 20 yards, right, right down a four wheeler path in the woods. And, uh, I told him to shoot. He pulls the trigger and all you hear is a loud click. And I'm like, Oh no. And so I tried, I tried to call as he was ejecting another shell. Um, hoping that maybe it would, um, I guess, um, mute his noise, you know, from the gun yeah. and <laughs> turkeys aren't that dumb, man. <laughs> he, he heard it loud and clear. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, you heard that second shell get racked in. He went to take off and I mean, he, he, he swung at him, uh, but it was, it was definitely a miss. So it happens. Hey. I mean, you can't expect it to happen all the time. Um, you know, I mean, if it was, if it happened all the time and it was easy all the time, wouldn't it be hunting, it'd be killing. So you got to sometimes just accept your losses and move on to the next bird. So, but I mean, and he had to get going to Colorado. I mean, he had to get back and, uh, he left right after that hunt. Otherwise I, I can almost almost guarantee that if I, he, if he gave me the rest of the day, I would have got him on another bird. And you guys can hunt all day there. Yeah. Yep. That's Sun nice. Sundown. See, we just get like a half day and I'm not talking yeah. 12 hours a half day. I'm talking, I can't remember now. It's like one or two. It may even be noon, but it's yeah fairly early in the day that you have to be done. Um, And you mentioned that that was on a four wheeler trail in the woods. What yep. what is the breakdown of your hunts look like? How how often are you hunting the woods? How often are you hunting open field, or is it just situation dependent? Like I see this bird, he doesn't like to hang out in open fields, so we know we have to hunt this woodlot. Yeah, I mean you really take everything into factor. I mean, so it depends on the scenario you're in. It depends on the landscape that they're on. It depends on the property they're on. Um, it depends on the time of the day. It depends on what kind of weather. I mean, there's so many things that come into factor when it comes down to chasing these things. Um, and uh, like, you know, I have no problem with, uh, with reaping. Um, but throughout my years, I just, I, you know, when I was younger, I feel like I mastered it. So it's not really a challenge anymore. Um, and there's, to me, there's nothing better than shooting a bird textbook, having them come, come walking in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when it comes down to hunting these birds, really, I mean, there's so many things that come into variable, but uh, most of it would be depending on the property I'm on. Um, I've just learned the birds that are on these properties and, you know, some of them where I'm like, okay, I know this woods, this woods has seven different four wheeler trails for deer hunting. Um, they like hanging out. I know where their sand baths are. Um, you know, it's like, I know almost every square foot of these woods. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, okay, I know exactly like you sneak up all in some of them. I mean, you're walking 13, 1400 yards just to get to the woods and I'll do a little calling, get them to shock gobble. And once they, once they, you know, get vocal with me, to me, it's just game over because now I know exactly where you are in the woods and now I'm going to know exactly how to set up. Yeah. And if I, if I, for whatever reason, I make the wrong decision of how to set up. I mean, I'm going to get another chance to set up differently and get back on that same bird, change his mind. Okay. So there's a lot of tricks you can use too that, that, um, that I'll do. And, uh, it actually worked out numerous times this year. If, if that bird's hung up through the woods and he just, you know, who knows, maybe he's on a hand, maybe he's just call shy or decoy shy, who knows? 
if he doesn't have any visibility on you, don't be afraid to get up, walk 20, 30 yards through the woods, do a little bit of calling, and then come back and sit down. Because that bird, the, the one of the one of the crazy things about turkeys is they can pinpoint probably within about a 15 to 20 foot radius of where you are in that woods of where you're calling at. And it's it's amazing. So if you move 30 yards from where you were just calling, that bird is then going to be like, whoa, hey, hold on. Like, okay, so the calling was over here. Now it's coming from over here. Like, obviously, you know, that's that's something that's real. You know, yeah. I, I had it work so many times where these birds just didn't want to come in. I'm like, give me one second. Let me let me get up. Let me move. Let me sound like I'm a bird that's just kind of moving down the path. And then we're going to come back again. And a lot of the times they'll think that I'm still 30 yards away. And when they come walking across the path, they see the decoys and they're like, oh, 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 dang. Okay. They're right here. You know? Yeah. And then it's, it's game over from there. So it's fun. <clears throat> we're going to walk through a couple scenarios, but first I want to start with like maybe the night before, because again, I am self-proclaimed world's worst turkey hunter as far as like strategy goes i go out i do the same thing every day i've got this little box call and i just shake it you know and gobble and it's yep. worked yep. i've called them in that way and i'll try to do you know all the hen noises i don't even know the technical terms which goes to prove my point even more but uh mouth calling i suck at uh doing a slate call i suck at and i just don't practice a lot it's not something i'm super passionate about and yep I have yet to like fully dive in. So I've got a couple little calls that I do. It's worked in the past, did not work this year um, to the point of like successfully shooting a bird. I had birds. Best I could tell is I had a Tom spitting and drumming within six to 10 feet of me. I mean, right mm -hmm. behind me hanging out in the woods, but we're going to walk through scenarios of how to hunt different birds, depending on, uh, if they're aggressive, if they're not aggressive, if they're with hens, if they, they're not with hens, uh, if they're grouped up with a bunch of jakes or other toms, um, because I feel like that's valuable information for people to know moving forward, looking at next year, or maybe, I don't know if anybody's finishing up turkey season. Maybe there's still some hunts going on. Um, but before we dive into those specific scenarios, start me off with like the night before a hunt. Like say it's opening day tomorrow, it's noon the day before. What what are you doing? What are you looking for? Um, is it just drive around, find birds in a field, see if it's a field that you have permission on? If not, try to get it. So pretty much, I mean, everywhere is different, you know. Okay, so here, um, you know, I drive around. I'll drive 150 miles. Um, just down back roads, down this way, down that way. And I have a pretty good routine now to where I can make, um, you know, kind of a big circle, a big pass and hit ma the majority of my properties. And so the night before, I mean, and this isn't even like just the night before opening day. I mean, this is, this is for me, my passion for the sport is going out the night before and roosting a bird and hunting him in the morning, yeah. getting an idea of exactly where he's going to roost. Um, in the woods or a tree line or whatever and sneaking in at dark setting up and then slowly listening to the world wake up um so yeah i mean here i'll drive around i'll find a bunch of birds and i'm like okay um so this bird's in this area this bird's in this area is there a patch of trees close by and if there's numerous patch of trees then i'm gonna have to probably kind of keep my eye on it a little bit more just a good idea of, because I mean, a lot of these patches of trees are, are you know, five, six, 800 yards apart. Um, and you don't want to set up on one and find out he's on the other. Yeah. You just wasted your morning. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll go out, I'll roost a bird. Um, or unless if I can get an idea, I'm like, okay, so there's only one patch of trees. Uh, I know, I know where he's going to roost. And a lot of these places, I already know where the roosting areas are. So, as long as I can see a bird out in the field, I got an idea of where he's going to be. Um, I'll kind of go out early in the morning. I do an all call, get him to hammer down, and then I'll make my move from there. Um, it's really just, I mean, if you get out too early or too late and the sun's starting to come up and it's starting to get too late, 
hug a tree line, move slow. Like don't don't rush it because any single time you go to rush something in hunting, it will never work out. Yeah, you know what I mean. The chances of you getting lucky are pretty even. Even lucky is slim. So take your time. I mean, don't rush them. These birds, they take their time all day, every day. They don't have to rush anything. So as soon as you start rushing them, that's that's when you're going to screw it up. I, I've seen that just on trail camera. Like when birds come in in front of my trail camera, it will my phone will be pinging over and over and over. And mm-hmm. I've been using the Tacticam Reveal 2.0s. And so, I mean, this is my first year with the cellular camera deal. And so it's like, it gets annoying to the point where I'm almost like, dude, I got to shut this notification crap (laughs) off. Like my phone is constant. It's vibrating so much. I feel like I'm getting a phone call and these freaking birds, I'll just watch them and they'll work out in this field and then they'll go like 40 yards. They might get off screen and then they'll come back and they just sit there and zigzag these fields all day long i i've got maybe two videos of them like just full-on sprinting but for the most part they're just like you said taking their time cruising around i mean yeah they don't have a reason to rush and watching them eat i'm like i feel like a turkey eats like i eat if i'm at the mall food court you know i like take a bite and i'm looking around like looking at everybody and i'm (laughs) like oh look at that guy that's funny oh look at this lady yeah exactly they're <laughs> never like just head down for long periods of time one of them has their head up it seems like at all times i mean always there will always be one with their head up yep there's always going to be a lookout yeah so so you get out in a field you get in the woods and you're going to make a play on a bird right mm-hmm. you know where he roosted you get out there early enough to where he's not going to see your movement, you know, in the dark of the night, he's probably passed out in a tree. How close are you wanting to get to that roost tree? hundred yards. Okay. Within a hundred yards. A lot of the times, especially some of these older birds, this happened quite a few times this year. Um, We had a lot of, you know, three, four year olds that they're just smart enough to stay quiet a little bit longer kind of they'll they'll watch everything around them before they start making noise and there was numerous times this year all of a sudden you know we're calling we, we've got this bird he's hammering down you know 50 60 yards from us and we know that when he pitches down he's going to pitch down either over us or he's going to pitch down at a slant and he's going to come just outside just outside sh- uh, shooting range and so there's been numerous times we'd be sitting there calling at this bird and then all of a sudden another bird hammers down and I'm talking, he is on top of us. And so when that happens, I normally start to shut up. You know, if, yeah. if I do anything, it's very light, very quiet because you don't want him to pinpoint you and then be like, okay, hold on a second. Like that's not coming from those birds. in The, the audio. It's like the video uh on youtube is lagging or something you know the audio and the yeah. video don't quite quite line up you're like yeah i can't tell if it's early or late but something's off here <laughs> yeah those old school those old school movies <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean um but if you don't have anything like that i mean if they're if they're let's say 50 60 yards from you um i'll let them wake up i, I am never the first one to call ever um, I'll wait until I mean, if I call, it's cause I'm doing the old call and that's just to get them to hammer down to be able to locate them. Um, and in all honesty, out of scouting and the hunt and the, the, the shot itself, um, out of everything that there is going out there early in the morning and doing the old call and getting them to hammer down is by far my favorite point of the day. As soon as that happens, I'm like, dude, I it's don't on. care what happens. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care what happens for the rest of the day. Like, that was awesome, and I'll be back out here tomorrow to do it again. You know. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm excited to introduce the new age of accessing private property for hunting and fishing with Infinite Outdoors. I joined the Infinite Outdoors crew on a duck hunt in Colorado this fall, and the experience was unmatched. We were able to book the property right on their app, get directions to the blind, and had the whole place to ourselves, all for a super reasonable price. Infinite Outdoors has developed a unique way to combine conservation 
technology, and private land access all through their U.S. built app and website. By working closely with landowners and on-staff biologists, they aim to bring you the best parts of accessing private land at the touch of a finger. They provide adventures for big game, turkeys, waterfowl, fly fishing, upland birds, small game, predators, and more. As yearly leases get more expensive and secluded public land gets harder to find, I believe this is the way of the future. To check it out for yourself, download the Infinite Outdoors app or visit infiniteoutdoorsusa.com and use code NOMADIC15 for 15% off your annual membership of $39.99. I, I feel like we should have done a checklist of things that you should do during turkey hunting. And then for each thing you say, like, don't do this or do do this, it would be like an X in the box for if I follow along, <laughs> because I've already been like in my mind mentally red checking all these boxes yep. here. Like, don't ever be the first one to call. Dude, I'm like walking in the middle of the, not in the middle of the night, but like long before daylight and i'm like shaking that box and i'm like man i don't hear anything maybe they didn't roost over here (laughs) probably just need to get an owl call i had one at one point but all my stuff yeah my it's lost my my favorite hunt uh this year well not one of my not my favorite but the favorite one with the owl call so i took uh i had two of my good buddies and of my buddy's dad and so all four of us had tags and the night before I, I saw four times out in this field and I was like, Oh man, what better way could this ha- like end with a quadruple, you know? Oh so gosh. I was like, I mean, I've never had it happen before, but I was, I was willing to give it a shot. And so my, my buddy didn't tell me that his dad got into a, a motorcycle accident, like just a few days before. So this guy's got a broken hand and a broken foot. Jeez. Doesn't say anything to me about it. And I just put him on like eleven hundred yard walk to this to this patch of woods. Need to so, know information. Have you recently been yeah. in a wreck? Yeah. So uh, we get like God, we get like less than a hundred yards into this field. And I turn around and I'm like, the guy's in pretty good shape. You know, I'm like, what is his deal? What's taking him so long? And he's like, Oh, he he crashed his bike the other day. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me that? I never would have brought you here. You know, like I would have figured something else. You would have out. found a field that you had to walk like eighty yards across instead of <laughs> yeah, right. eleven hundred. I would have found something I could have just drove them up to. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so, uh, so yeah, we we boy, we took our sweet time. I mean, we we walked with them. We got them all the way out there, and I'm talking. I mean, we are pushing the point of of them pitching off the roost, and. I was like, all right, man, like you guys, you guys just get sit it down. Um, we'll figure it out. And then I started sitting there and I'm like, oh man, it was pretty early when I saw them last night. I mean, they had a few hours yet. So I was like, dude, they could have went into any one of these patches of woods. I was like, I, I, I hope to God that I'm right. My judgment's right. And that they came over here. Like, I think they're gonna. And so I did that. nothing and i'm like oh no i looked at my buddy gage and he's like that ain't good i was like no it's not and i was like guess give it another shot so i did that nothing i'm like dude i'm gonna be so mad because it's gonna take us 45 minutes to get back to the truck with this you know with his dad yeah and so he's like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, give me a, give me one more shot. And I'd never really use this call because I don't think I'm all that great out of it or great with it. But I was like, give me one more shot. And it's a little more aggressive. And I went, Ooh. and there's eight birds that hammered down within a hundred yards. I was oh like, my gosh. Oh. I was like, yes, thank you, Lord. Like, here we go. And so, yeah, we ended up, we had, uh, there was five toms in a pack, and then there was two more toms that were separate off of them. Well, the five toms kind of hung up on us. They didn't really want anything to do with us. They came within about 50, and, you know, if, if I had some shooters that had that TSS, I'd be willing to let them take that take that reach. 
Uh, but they were, you know, they didn't have that kind of stuff. And so I'm like, man, I'm not trying to wound a bird. And so the, these two other toms off on the side, all of a sudden I look over. And I mean, these things are hauling right to us. And I was like, hey, guys, get ready. Get ready. Here they come. And next thing I know, I'm not now I'm focusing on these other two birds. And I look back over. And sure enough, dude, there's five toms like 10 feet from me. And I'm like, hey, 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 I'm like right here, right here. And they're 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 thinking I'm still talking about the two toms, and so I was like right in front of you. And they heard obviously they heard that you know, and and they all turn around and went to run away. And all I hear is, <laughs> not a single bird went down. And I'm like, what? <laughs> there's no way, man, that that just happened. I was like, I don't, I can't. There's no way I can get them closer than that. So it was uh it was definitely like a a bat your gun against the tree moment but yeah <laughs> i wasn't shooting so it <laughs> if i Jeez. was shooting i can tell you it would have been a different story <laughs> three so three guns going off trying two to guns. hit oh two guns okay two guns yep. going off trying to hit five <laughs> one of five or two of five birds and nothing not oh. a bird dropped we're pretty we're pretty confident that one got hit but I don't know, man. He he took off. I mean, you didn't fine. find him, so you kind of just hope yeah. that it was a total whiff, and especially at that range. I mean, yeah. you know, you're shooting that like you're hitting it with one BB. You're hitting it with a whole lot, and oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he said he thought he hit him, um, but man, I watched all those birds take off, and to me I, I mean at this point I, I really i know what a wounded bird looks like and none of yeah. them looked like it so i mean we gave it our we gave it our 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 try when we went looking for them seeing if maybe we can see feathers and there there wasn't nothing around so when people say like dude i know i smoked that bird and it's like okay did you see any feathers no okay well when you have dozens and dozens of bb's flying at this thing and there's a you thousand a feather. feathers on it, you know, something's <laughs> going to go poof. Right. Yeah. And when there's so none of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure somebody's going to be like, Oh no, dude, I shot a bird, not a single feather, dude. I shot yep. a bird, the follow-up shot on the bird. This was last year. We had stocked it. We had reaped it behind that Turkey fan. And we had stocked this thing for like 400 yards. And I'm not talking like we were just working through the field towards it. Like it was 80 yards in front of us the entire time. And it was just yep. slowly working. We're crawling hands and knees after this bird. And finally, it's getting close to the property line. And I'm like, dude, we got to shoot this bird. So me and Drew both pop up. But boom. And I mean, there's feathers, but it's running like nothing happened. And I'm like, yeah. what in the world? Like They're it's tough. not, it, it wasn't that far away. We've got two guys yeah. both shooting, you know, however many BBs at it. And, but I knew it was wounded and I'm like, dude, it literally was a couple feet from the fence line and it's just a barbed wire fence along the woods. And I pull up my second shot and, and when I shot, it looked like I shot that thing point blank. I mean, the cloud, it looked like I just dumped out a down pillow in the air and it was just like <laughs> everywhere. And I was like, holy cow, man. And it dumped. I mean, it just flopped a little bit. And Drew was like, dude, stay where you are. I'm going to go over to that bird. And we're like, I want you to range it. Because I had my range finding binos with me. He goes over there. And I can't remember exactly, but I think it was like 72 yards. And it looked like I shot this thing point blank. And it died on the like literally on the property line its head and like basically beard and up was underneath the fence on the neighbor's property <laughs> and the rest of the body was still on our property i was like no kidding slowly grab the leg and drag it back yeah over. <laughs> Just, um but yeah it was it's crazy man like the technology and bullets and and chokes and shotguns these days like I keep hearing people, I said I was going to hunt with a 410 this year. I didn't end up doing it. I did get a 410, but I didn't hunt with it because to be honest, I couldn't find turkey ammo for it. Um, 
It's tough. It's definitely yeah. tough. Um, I can I can send you where I get mine. Um, so I get a discount from Federal, and so, um, I can send you a code where you can you could probably get a discount through them as well. Um, or at least get something off of it. But you know, TSS for four ten for me is probably like twenty four bucks. Yeah. Um, so I mean. You're still looking at a little over two dollars. Well, actually, what am I saying? A little over five dollars a shell, dude. Um, how crazy is that though? Like how much turkey ammo is? Because didn't I talk to you? I think I talked to you last year around turkey season, and you said that you, uh, for a long time, you were just using target load. Oh yeah, yeah. The only turkey loads that I use um, is for my four ten, and yeah. actually, I just bought some. Uh, some duck loads for the 410. So I don't know how much longer I'll be using <laughs> turkey loads. <laughs> but, but I don't know. I'm, I'm a little iffy on the 410 just because it is so small. But yeah, I've, when it comes down to any other shotgun, it's it's trap loads. Yeah. It's just it's just a it's another challenge. You know, I mean, get them in close enough. I mean, you I've still killed turkeys at 25 yards. You know, with a tur- or with a trap load. Yeah. Um. I mean, their bodies themselves are super tough, but that head is nothing but jelly, man. Yeah. You'll you'll punch through it, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Yeah. I mean, you you think about it, and you're like, okay, a turkey head, you know, it's probably weaker than a goose yeah. or a duck. You know. Yeah. Like yeah. their body, like you said, it's tough, man. That's a lot of armor on it. All those well, feathers you gotta overlapping, think. I mean, but. That's exactly it. Those feathers, those feathers are are super thick, and there's way more layers of them. Um, and not to mention, I mean, I feel like the skin itself is just a little bit tougher. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe not as tough as like a migrator, um, when they've got all that extra fat on them. But they are, I mean, they're tough birds, man. I I've watched people pillowcase birds, and they actually I just had a buddy this year that he rolled it. It took off running. He shot and rolled it. It got back up and took off running again. They never found it. Jeez. So, I mean, like, it's, they're tough birds. I mean, that's why um, every time I take somebody out, I just kind of walk walk it through them again. I'm like, all right, look, or like, we don't forget, you know, you've got three big balls at the base of their neck. That's what you put that bead on. Um, don't put it on their body. Don't shoot for center mass. Um, don't put it on their head because nine times out of ten, you're going to shoot right over their head. Um, put it right on that neck. And well, I, just, I took my nephew out this year for the youth hunt. Uh, it was like it was the first first hunt of the year, and I mean he he used the 410. I mean and he absolutely swamped that bird at like 18 yards. I mean, he I don't know if more BBs hit my decoy, but <laughs> he definitely got both. That's a video you sent me, isn't it? Yeah, probably. It was the first bird that de- that decoy ever ever brought in. Dang, that's sweet. And then How- just got peppered. <laughs> How many how many of these video or how many of these hunts have you gotten on video? Uh that's a good question. Um one, two, three, four, five. I'll play it safe and say maybe like eight or nine. Okay. There's there's quite a few where it was like textbook hunts, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I left my phone in the truck. You know, oh dang, dude! I mean, it—you would think that doing the same thing over and over and over for a month and a half straight that you would build some type of routine. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's been times I was walking out actually for for Uncle Charlie's bird, okay, and I was taking it was me, him, and uh, and my buddy uh, Gage, and we were we were we decided to put a stock on this bird, and. We get maybe halfway halfway there, so maybe like five six hundred yards from the from the truck. And my buddy Gage looks at me. He's like, "Dude, were, weren't you going to bring the decoy?" And I'm like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> I like, well, I guess we're going to try and do it without a decoy then. So yeah, we just we snuck up as close as we could, did a little bit of calling, and got him interested. And that was that was night. I mean. It was over for him, you know. Jeez, so, man, no decoy, no phone, 
You just go out there and <laughs> smoke birds. I had, even. I had, I had my phone that time. That one I got on video. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. We had, like I said, man, we had a phenomenal year this year. Um, I had a good buddy from Arkansas come up, and and you know it was crazy. This was his first time hunting turkeys in Wisconsin, and he's like, he said the 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 differences between my hunting in Arkansas and your hunting here is night and day. He said, it is, it is so the complete opposite of what I do. He's like, it's insane. He goes, first of all, there, you wouldn't even see, like, there's no chance you would even see somebody walking through with a decoy in their hand. He said, 0% chance. He goes, there's so many yahoos that are walking around the same public woods that, you know, he's like, you almost like, he's like, there's times where I even thought about wearing some bright colors walking through the woods because you just never know. I mean, these guys shoot at sight. They shoot at sound. So he's like, the fact that you're carrying a strutter decoy in your hand, he's like, and, it, you know, and it's that, it's that avian X strutter. So, I mean, that thing is, oh yeah that thing is realistic looking. I've had plenty so, of those moments where I'm like, should I be doing this right now? Like, <laughs> I've got these properties locked down. Nobody else is supposed to be hunting out here, but in the off chance, because we've had that, I mean, like sole permission on properties. And I remember yeah. a couple of years back, we were sitting in a ground blind and all of a sudden I look over and some dude's walking along the fence line. I'm like, where did he come from? Who is that guy? So I got out and I'm like, Hey dude, Hey, how's it going? I just live right behind this. Like every now and then I'll walk through and see if there's any birds. And I was like, dude, you, <laughs> you can't do that, man. Like this is private property. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just didn't, I didn't think anybody hunted here. And I'm like, doesn't matter. Like you don't have permission. Dude. It, it's, it's honestly crazy how often that happens. All right, guys, if you've been listening to the podcast, I'm sure you've heard me talk about the helicopter hog hunt that I did down in Texas. Now, I went down there with Rogue Texan Outfitters, and Landon and Brandon, the owners, put us on the animals. We killed 150 pigs and 19 coyotes just from the air. On top of that, we went out thermal hunting at night and got up close and personal to more hogs. I didn't have to worry about bringing guns or ammunition because all of that was provided for me, and it is to this day the most action-packed day of hunting I've ever had. I stand by what I've said in the past, and that's that helicopter hog hunting is the funnest thing that you can do with pants on. In addition, they offer sandhill crane hunts and predator calling. So if you're looking for the most exciting hunt of your life and something that you're going to want to come back and do year after year, go check out roguetexan.com and book your hunt today. I talk to I talk to so many landowners throughout a year for turkey hunting or deer hunting, waterfall hunting, whatever. I talk to so many landowners. And not only do I get told no quite a bit, just because I mean, I get told no way more often because somebody else screwed it up. Yeah. Versus it being like, oh no, we hunt it. You know? Um I can't tell you how many times that I hear about um hunters trespassing it's like and don't get me wrong i mean accidents do happen like i just i i had a um it was like earlier in the season it was like the second week of the season i was taking a buddy out and this bird was on the other side of this woods and so i just needed to keep the woods in between us and that bird so he couldn't see us yeah and so it never even crossed my mind um i was just I guess you could call it like tunnel vision, just so focused on that bird. It never crossed the, my mind that I was walking on the edge of somebody else's property. I mean, it was right next to the property that I had. Yeah. But I, I parked in the field service lane of, of this other person's field. And, uh, and like, the, dude, they took, they took pictures and they took videos and they took, I mean, they called the police on me. They, it was like, they tried figuring out who I was. Apparently I was already gone by the time the cops got there, but I hunted that spot again. This lady came out and she's like, Hey, are you Jordan? And I'm like, no, I'm Sam. 
And she's like, oh, okay. She's like, because there's a guy that has like a truck that looks just like yours that was trespassing in our land. And I was like, oh, yeah, definitely not me, you know? Yeah. And then she's like, what's your license plate? So I tell her my number and she's like, no, it was you. You are Jordan. I was like, no, I promise you I'm Sam. You know, I'm like, here, here's my ID, you know? And she's like, well, that matches the license plate. We'll come to find out for whatever reason it's showing up as somebody else's name. And so I was like, well, ma'am, I wasn't trespassing on your property. And she's like, well, were you parked right there? And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't mean I'm trespassing, you know? I said, yeah, I walked the edge of the field line. As soon as I said that, I was like, oh, my gosh, I was trespassing. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, no, you I was like, you're absolutely right. No, I was. I said, I'd never even until now, I never even thought about it, you know, and and so, dude, we talked. I talked to her on the side of the road. Super cool lady. Talked to her on the side of the road for a good hour and a half. I mean, we talked about everything under the sun. And she's like, you know what? Look, she's like. I could tell, um, you know, she's like, I could tell you're apologetic. I can tell this isn't something that you do. Um, and I, I understand like just kind of being in the zone of things and not really thinking it through and just doing the first thing that you think is like, okay, that's what you got to do to get that bird, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I made it, I made her, you know, made sure I gave her the assurance like, Hey, I, I only walked in it and it was not hunting on it, you know? And so like, again, I mean, I got, I got, lucky um because she could have nailed me i mean she could have slammed me with the book um but she's like well i'll tell you what she's like you know you can talk to my husband and and see if you can't get permission and he's super nice guy he'll probably give you permission she's like i'll give you a little pointer like don't bring him any alcohol but he loves chocolate chip cookies and so i was like that is awesome yeah i was like sounds good awesome (laughs) thank you very much (laughs) So yeah, I went and got permission for that, and now I have that whole country block locked down to my, or not down to myself, but locked down for permission. So, dude, that's a good that's a good tip for people trying to get permission. With how oh, many yeah. food selfies people take, just get on their <laughs> Instagram and look at like what they're most excited about, like whatever they put the most emojis behind. Like wife just made banana bread, like a bunch of heart emojis and like smiley face, you know. Man, I need to bring some banana bread or something. Yeah, I uh, that one of my one of my biggest things, dude, is I, I, I mean, we're in Wisconsin, so ninety nine percent of people drink here. So yeah, you want a little bit of permission, show a little appreciation, get them a case of beer, um, or like this year, I, I plan on making a bunch of turkey jerky this year with all the birds we shot, and I'm gonna go out to these farmers and I'm gonna give them a bunch of turkey jerky. Heck yeah. yeah. Dude. So to to bring something and just be like, Hey man, here's this for you. Even if, even if I can't, you know, just the thought that goes behind it, I feel like would be, would be beneficial and hopefully helping securing more permission. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Back to our scenario. So say you get into a field, you know, there's birds in there, but the Tom just doesn't seem to be aggressive. Like he's not wanting to come and beat the crap out of a Jake decoy. He's not, you know, super territorial or maybe it's just not kicked in yet. You know, maybe they're not in full swing. What do you do in that scenario? Cause that's exactly what I had happen this year. This Tom just didn't really seem interested. None of the birds came in like wanting to fight. They just kind of all came in nonchalant, taking a look at things and the one big Tom that I kept going after, he just kind of hung back. Like I had, I had two Jakes and a hen all within 15 yards and he was still at 70. What, what tips or tricks or calls or like, what would you do to get a bird like that to close that distance a little bit more? Uh, there's a, there's a couple of things that I guess I would try and do. Um, you know, a like I was saying before, I would I would definitely get up and kind of move around a little bit, do some calling, and then sit back down. Um, but another one that I do with birds that just aren't really fired up, I will mimic a boss hen. Um, okay. Because even if that even if that Tom isn't really looking for love, like he's still just kind of like not really even getting in the swing of things of the spring yet. 
he's just there. Um, he's not trying to show off or nothing. I'll mimic as a boss hen and I'll start getting really loud with my, uh, or really loud and aggressive with my yelps. Um, sometimes even with my clucks and I call them, I call them hyper yelps or hyper clucks. Um, and yeah, so I'll get very vocal and especially if there is a boss hen with them, it's game over. If, if I know that there's a boss hen in that flock, it's game over because I will mimic a boss hen. And then that hen is going to be like, uh, hold on a second. I'm, I'm the boss hen in this woods. This is my area. You're in my area. You're going to listen to me. So yeah. she's going to start voicing up and yelping back at me, telling me like, no, 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 no. You, you're going to come over here. And so obviously I'm not going to come. Right. So I'll just keep, you know, and a lot of the times when she starts yelping, um, I'll do like a quick hyper cluck and then I'll yelp right after and I'll cut her off kind of like with elk bugling. I'll cut her off and I'll start talking over her. And I kid you not. I mean, dude, these, these hens will come in wanting to fight just like the Toms do. And so when she comes in trying to be figure out like, all right, who do you think you are that you're going to test me? Um, those Toms are right there to follow. So yeah. that's that's probably the best one that I can give. Um, a lot of the times, if a Tom is shut off, he's shut off, man. I mean, there's not there's not really all that much that I think you can do, at least not that I figured out. Um, I mean, if they're not ready, they're not ready. You know, I mean, you can't really force them to be ready. Yeah, you can you can you can try to change their mind, you know. But then after a while, it's almost like if if they're just absolutely done, like they're not having it, there's no way that they're changing their mind. In my eyes, I give up. Then they win, I'll give up, because then I feel like the more that I try to convince him, the actual more problems that I'm going to cause for myself in the future with that bird. Yeah, you're um, just educating him more. I'm just educating him from here on out. So I'll just shut up. And a lot of the times, too, you start calling and stuff and you shut up. Then they're like, okay, where'd she go? What happened? Yeah. You know, so then all of a sudden, then it's like, okay, well, she was going off like crazy. And now she just, she's quiet. Now she's not saying nothing. Like, and it, it'll kind of grab their attention a bit. And it's like, okay, well, let me go see what's going on over here. Why is she being quiet all of a sudden? Yeah, that makes sense. What, a, what are you using for a decoy setup typically? Uh, my favorite is uh, I call it the the pyramid, um, and so really all it is is a triangle. But I'll have uh, a hen lookout or a feeder, and then I like to put out a if I have the a lookout hen, then I'm gonna have a um uh what's it called a breeder hen, okay. and then I'll have my tom decoy fairly close kind of making a triangle if i have um if i have a a, a feeder decoy out then i'm also going to have my sentry and i'm just going to have that tom kind of looking like he's just hanging around so but i always have two two hens and a tom i never really mess with the jakes um i've never really had i mean i've had some luck with them but i, I don't have enough luck with a jake for me to just go out and buy a specific Jake decoy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like Tom's just react better to other Tom's? Like it's a territorial thing. Like, dude, what's this guy doing in here? Whereas a Jake might not be as opposing or as threatening to them taking the hens or what? what do you uh, yes. Yes. And no, a lot of the times, um, you know, when it, when I was using Jake decoys, I do feel that there's a lot of times that they don't really care too much because they're like, there's no way that that Jake's breeding that hen. And if you watch too, there's so many times you'll see the mature Tom 100 yards or 80 yards or whatever from the hen, and then there'll be a Jake or two Jakes that are within 15 feet of her. And they're just kind of hanging out. They're like, all right, you know, it's like let the Jake do its thing. And, and even hunting, they'll let the Jakes come in first. And then they'll like slowly kind of ease their way into it. Um, so I do think that there are times where they're just not as uh, threatening yep. versus a Tom decoy where it's like, he's trying to take her. He's trying to take her away from me. And that's not going to happen. 
Um, I think a lot of the times that we have palms charge us, charge the decoys, I don't even really think that they're coming to fight. They're just coming to make them know that they're there. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm here. You're not the only one here. Yeah, you're not the only one here. So if you want her, like, you're going to have to come through me um, type deal. Um, or I was here first kind of thing. So there's yeah, there's a lot of scenarios when it comes down to this. There's there's, And you know what? Out of all the birds that we have harvested my whole life, um, I have yet to know every single scenario. Every time I go turkey hunting, I learn something, whether yeah. it's whether it's something as small as like, okay, so this is how they act when there's mosquitoes in, in the woods, or this is how they act when um, it's 20 mile per hour winds, you know, um, shoot, I had a squirrel one time screw up my hunt. How the so, I mean, I, uh, this little red squirrel kept running down the tree and he would keep barking at me and barking at me and barking at me. And then all of a sudden, I mean, the turkey didn't care. I mean, he was 50 yards coming in. And all of a sudden, this thing went psycho. And, I mean, it was probably 20, 30 feet off or up in the tree. Jumped out of the tree onto the ground, snapped a twig, and took off running right through the right through the decoys. And that thing put its fan down, its head up, and took off. Jeez. I mean, you got to oh. think something dropping out of a tree like that, it would probably think it was a hawk or some type of bird, you know, coming yeah. down. But yeah. yeah, I've seen, I've seen turkeys interact with so many things. In fact, I thought I was going to see a hawk take out a turkey this year. And I've seen a turkey, like all of them clear the field when a hawk flies over. This year yep. I had a turkey or I had a hawk that flew down out of a tree. There were like four birds in the field. And it just buzzed 10 feet over the top of these birds, and they never did anything. They didn't crouch down. They didn't book for cover. They just kept going about their day. Yeah. And I was like, what in the world? Surely, surely they'd be scared of that thing. But didn't even face Yeah, but you'd be surprised at what they see on a day-to-day basis out in, out in nature, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, just giving you a heads up, I'm actually having to leave the house right now. So my tires are pretty loud they hum so if that's what you hear in the background that's definitely it oh no worries we can wrap this one up um so before we before we hop off where can people go to find you follow along maybe see some of your videos and some of your success yeah so my you can look me up at sam medke on facebook uh, medke is spelled m-a-e-d-k-e um you can look on facebook you can look on instagram my instagram is shot caller dot sam okay um, i think tiktok is sam medkey well um so i mean i post a lot of my stuff on snapchat uh snapchat name is sam Med- sam dot medkey um nine times out of ten my hunts get posted on snapchat um i do have a few of them that make to uh facebook um not too many to instagram but quite a few to tiktok as well if i get a good hunting video i'll post it on tiktok nice so if you want if you guys want to get a hunt together or even just talk about it uh phone number is 920-645-3115 dude well i appreciate you hopping on sharing the stories i'm coming up next year man i gotta do it we keep talking about it i just have to remember i need to set an alarm for december to put in for my tags and then Dude, with the success that you've had, I might be bringing my bow and my shotgun and trying with my bow because that's that's a goal of mine to get a turkey with a bow. Yeah, yeah, we can definitely get get that happening too. Um, I feel like we would have to probably set up a few ground blinds, um, but I mean that's not that's not hard to do. I'll just figure out where some birds are hanging out every day and sneak in there and put a ground blind up for you. Sweet. Dude, that sounds good, man. Well, congrats on all the success, and hopefully for the future years, I'll be up there every year slaying birds oh, with yeah. you. I'm, I'll tell you one thing, dude. You come up here, like I've been trying to get you to come up here. You come up here one year, and you see the amount of birds that we can get after, and you're like, yep, this is going to be a yearly thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the Well, every time you send me videos, I'm just like, dude, why am I not up there? Why am I not up there? And it's always <laughs> yeah. because come December, I forget to put in 
and then yep. my schedule gets busy and it just doesn't happen. But yep. next year, dude, 2024, even, 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 I will be there. Even if you forget to, yeah, even if you forget to put in for it, you can always buy more of the counter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just need to do it, man. I need to quit talking about it and finally do it. <laughs> It'll right, happen man. sooner or later, man. You'll listen to me one of these years. <laughs> I know. I will. Well, dude, thanks again, man. Sounds good, man. We'll uh we'll talk to you shortly.